0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She drags me everywhere, man. Sometimes by the hair, man. Forgot my underwear, man. This just isn't fair, man. I don't want to go there, man. What am I doing here? Been to Ukraine. Hi, Mike <laughs> Reese here. Happy Thanksgiving. In this episode, we'll give you the long, twisted, convoluted story of how turkeys got their name. Here's a clue. <laughs> They're not from Turkey. And if that's a little too academic for you, I'll also tell you dirty jokes from the Muslim world. Here's a sentence you won't hear any other time in this podcast. My wife and I took a trip and it was my idea. Not hers, mine. I wanted to see Morocco. Why? Because it looked cool at Epcot Center. To most kids, Epcot Center is the spinach of theme parks. Even its name, Epcot, is an acronym for Educational Park Children Only Tolerate. But I love the place. They duplicate small sections of big countries like China, Germany, and France, and they do it very, very well. But my favorite place was Disney's Morocco, and I wanted to see the real thing. And Morocco really is the real thing. It's a land of intrigue and romance right out of the movie Casablanca. Except for the city of Casablanca. That's an ugly manufacturing port. One travel writer called it the Cleveland of Morocco. But the rest of the country is straight from the Arabian Nights. You'll see sand dunes, blind beggars, snake charmers, and rug merchants. So many rug merchants. You walk into their showrooms, they pour you a cup of tea, and then they show you every carpet ever made. You don't like this? Try this. How about this?
1: This will look great in your
0: home. You've never seen my home, I say, but it's too late. How is this? You like this, you buy this. I give you this. Once you pick a carpet, and you will pick a carpet if you want to get out of there, The negotiations begin. He will start at some exorbitant amount, say 12 zillion dollars. Then immediately come down to five grand. You're excited, you've already got a bargain. You haggle back and forth and eventually get the price down to $1800. You walk out feeling like a master negotiator until you check Amazon and see that the most you can spend for a Persian carpet is 300 bucks. And the one you just bought cost 88 dollars. These are real numbers, by the way. Check it out. This is why the French term for rug merchant, marchand de tapis, is a synonym for crook. None of this is a put-down, by the way. The carpets are beautiful, and the pitch is a piece of theater centuries old. You are matching wits with the greatest salesman on earth. I tried to stump one, saying, I don't need carpets. My home has no floors. He paused for a moment and then said, You can hang them on your walls. Moroccans can sell anything. When I was in the city of Fez, a guy on a street corner sold me a Fez. I wore the thing for a while until I realized nobody in Fez wears a Fez. The city in Morocco was named after the Turkish city of Fez, and it's Turks who wear Fezes. As do Shriners, Oregon Grinder Monkeys, and now me. By the way, on an absolutely ludicrous tangent, the turkey you eat at Thanksgiving is named for the country of Turkey, even though they don't come from there. There's a bird called the guinea fowl, which was imported to England through North Africa. So the English called the guinea fowl a turkey chicken, even though it wasn't from Turkey, and it wasn't a chicken. Then, when British colonists first saw real turkeys in North America, they called them turkey chickens, thinking they were guinea fowl. To sum up, our turkeys are not guinea fowl, they're not chickens, and they're not even remotely from Turkey. Still, one day while I was walking in a suburban neighborhood in Turkey, I saw an actual turkey walking around. Just one. Nobody seemed to own him. He may have been a tourist. Or maybe he was like that Fez dealer in Fez. He figured, people expect to see a turkey in Turkey. So here I am. Gobble, gobble. Speaking of things that don't belong there, there's an absolutely gorgeous German city plunk in the middle of Morocco. We took a tour bus through the winding snow-covered roads of their Atlas Mountains. We stopped at a Berber village where locals invited us into their Berber yurt and a sick tourist threw up on their Berber carpeting. We continued deeper into the Moroccan mountains until we reached Germany. At least it looked exactly like Germany, with ski chalets, worst houses, and beer gardens. This was Ifran, a mountain town built by German colonists homesick for the Alps. You'll find these postcard perfect German towns popping up all over the world. There's one in Brazil called Petropolis. Yes, it's a German village with a Greek name founded by a Portuguese emperor in Brazil. Anyway, if you want the most authentic Moroccan city in Morocco, you have to visit Marrakesh. A local man offered to show me the city for $2. You mean $20, I said. $2. Not $12? $2. $1, 2 $2. I held up $2 bills as a visual aid. Yes, $2, $2. He gave us a remarkable tour. As we plunged into the city, we seemed to be receding into the past. Asphalt streets gave way to dirt roads, baseball caps turned to turbans, cars became camels. Deep in the heart of Marrakesh, we saw a cobbler in a tent, making those pointy-toed slippers only genies wear. As he cobbled away, tapping tiny nails with a tiny hammer, he watched a tiny black and white TV. It was showing the three stooges. Not even the good Three Stooges. This was those crappy Three Stooges cartoons from the 60s. I loved this tour right up until the moment. My guide stuck out his hand and said, 40 dollars. I said, no, you said two dollars. He looked at me with mock astonishment. Who would offered to give an all-day tour for $2? $40! I said, no. You said $2, here's $2. My guide then did something truly amazing. He hopped on the back of a passing motorbike. He didn't seem to know the driver, and the bike never slowed down. My tour guide just rode off into the desert, stranding us in the depths of Marrakesh. Just before he vanished into a dust cloud, my tour guide flipped me the bird. Fuck! He screamed. Fuck! The phrase is, fuck you, I replied. Hi, Mike Reese here, and the holidays are upon us. That means that soon you're going to be stuffing your face with food you would never touch the rest of the year. I'm talking about yams with marshmallows on them. Why? How? How is that a mealtime food? And stuffing, the only food cooked inside a bird's butt. You deserve better food, and that's why you should come to MasterClass.com. They have hundreds of courses in every subject taught by the Masters, including over 20 cooking classes. Classes taught by Gordon Ramsay and Wolfgang Puck. Learn how to make great food. And best of all, this holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. You can give it to someone who who should know how to cook, but doesn't. Mom, go to masterclass.com slash Mike today. That's me. That's masterclass.com slash Mike. Terms apply. For example, don't slash Mike. I'm your friend. Masterclass. (music) Masterclass we headed west to Algeria, the largest nation in Africa. It's a Muslim country and a former French colony, so it's torn between two cultures. The hospitality of the Islamic world and the snottiness of France. And for once in human history, the French won. These colonials left behind two gifts surliness, and the baguette. Every morning you see cranky Algerians walking around noshing on yard-long loaves of French bread. They're cheap. The cost is subsidized by the government, so the locals eat as much as they can and drop the rest on the ground. By noon, the streets are ankle-deep in half-baguettes. It's a vaguely surreal sight. No wonder Camus said his novels here. And that's what brought us to Algeria. My wife had booked us a tour called In the footsteps of Albert Camus. We'd visit his home, his school, and the park where he found inspiration. Although I'd written many book reports on Camus, I'd never read an actual book by him. I steeped myself in his work on the flight to Algeria and it was a revelation. He sucked. His books were overwrought, self-pitying, and short. No wonder high school students loved him. The only reason I wanted to walk in his footsteps was to kick him in the butt. We also visited Ruins Associated, with Algeria's other famous author, Saint Augustine. He lived in the seventh century, so the country's cranking out great writers at the rate of one every 1,300 years. The next one is due in the year 3320, Algeria's other great ruin only became a ruin recently. It's the Kasbah, a dark labyrinthine neighborhood in Algiers. It survived two world wars but couldn't survive modern plumbing. They brought running water into those ancient buildings and it undermined them. Whole city blocks have collapsed in recent years. The Kasbah became famous from a line uttered by Charles Boyer in the film Algiers. Come with me to the Casbah. If you've never heard of Charles Boyer, he was the inspiration for cartoon skunk Pepe Le Pew. And if you've never heard of Pepe Le Pew, why the hell are you listening to this podcast? What are they teaching you in school? Math? But if you love movies, keep going east in Algeria till you hit Tunisia. In the north, you can visit the Arab market where Indiana Jones shot that guy who did the thing. And in the south, you can see the locations from Star Wars. You can walk in the footsteps of R2-D2. Did he have feet? I love, love, love Star Wars, except for the last eight movies and that Christmas special. What what was that? But the early films were great and their sets are still standing in the Tunisian desert. They're beautifully preserved by the warm, dry climate, and you're free to walk among them, climb their stairs, and open their doors. And of course, there are enterprising villages who will rent you Star Wars costumes and plastic lightsabers. Best of all, when you leave town, you can pick through a trash heap of authentic Star Wars props. Now you know where I do my Christmas shopping. Tunisia's northern coast lies on the Mediterranean and is filled with five-star resorts At one star prices. And it's home to the ancient Carthaginian empire of Hannibal the Great. There's so much history in Tunisia, we hired a local professor to show us around. And while he may be quite bright in his native tongue, in English he only knew one word. Chach. And it wasn't even a word. Anytime we'd pass a church, he'd point to it like a water spaniel and say it. Chach. Like I don't know a chach when I see one. The country also boasts a world-class history museum where, in 2015, terrorists gunned down 22 tourists. You can see bullet holes in the walls and display cases. So let me be serious for the next 90 seconds. These terrorists did more than kill tourists. They killed Tunisia's tourist business, wiping out the livelihoods of half a million Tunisians. We stayed in hotels where we were the only guests. We ate in restaurants with no other customers. One entire tourist town had been shut down. They had to unlock the city gates to let us in. We spent a magical evening in a Tunisian cave that was decorated like a luxury hotel suite. That night the owner cooked us a gourmet dinner under the stars. We were his first customers in months. It's a cliche, but when an act of violence keeps visitors away, the terrorists really do win. There's no better time to visit a place than after an attack like that. Security is extra tight. Crowds are small, and the locals are so appreciative of your business. We do it all the time. You should too. And now, let's lighten the tone considerably with Dirty Dirty Jokes jokes from Around around the the World. Now, don't expect this to be funny. I'm talking about comedy I'm not doing comedy. It's like the difference between phone sex and real sex. One is just a hollow, empty, degrading experience and the other one really runs
1: If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: ...up your phone bill. In my case, it's 20 bucks for four minutes either way. I had a driver in Saudi Arabia who had a great joke he just had to tell me.
1: Why did the foolish man bring a spoon to sleep? So he could eat rice with the angels? (laughs) He is eating rice with the angels!
0: You can use that on your show. My tour guide leaned over to me and explained that the driver's joke made sense in Arabic, but lost something in translation. In fact, it lost everything in translation. None of this stopped the driver. He had a million of them, all bad. A little boy asked his uncle for a gift, so the uncle shoved a date up his butt. It was less a joke than a case for social services. Some of the jokes at least made sense. For example, if you see a man in Saudi Arabia with lots of kids, you say He must have no electricity. Get it? No electricity means no TV, no computers, no distractions. That means sex, and sex means kids. Other jokes made sense as long as you knew a few things. For example, in the Muslim world, Friday and Saturday are their weekend. Their Thursday night is like our Friday night. And our thank god it's Friday is there, praise Allah it's Thursday. And Thursday night means sex and nobody loves sex like the Egyptians. Got it? And now the joke. For Egyptian man, every night is Thursday night. Saudi Arabians have another kind of joke that's actually funny and like nothing I've ever heard.
1: Mike, how do you put an elephant in an empty refrigerator? I don't know. You can't. If the elephant's in it, it is not empty. Mike, Mike. The lion had a birthday party. Every animal in the jungle came to it except for one. Which one? I give up. The elephant! He was still stuck in the refrigerator!
0: <laughs> you get the pattern. Sometimes they had a string of these, six riddles long. I even heard a joke from the Koran. There's jokes in the Quran. Muhammad and his uncle are eating dates. The uncle puts all his date pits on top of Muhammad's date pits and says, Look how hungry you were. Mohammed points to his uncle's empty plate and said, You are even hungrier. You ate all your dates and the pits. Before you dismiss that, tell me your favorite joke from the Bible. There are none. No jokes in either testament. And these were written by Jews. Phil, the joke I'll never forget was one our German tour guide, Erica, told a tour group in Hamburg. A sailor is screwing a whore. The sailor says, How am I doing? She said, You're doing three knots, you're not in, you're not hard, and you're not getting your 50 Deutschmarks back. That joke really made me laugh, particularly because she told it to a group of Baptist ministers. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perillo. This week's episode starred Dan Adut, featuring Denise Reese as the dirty German girl.